to this edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And it is August 22nd. It's Saturday. And I often don't uh, pinpoint exactly the date, but this is a very special broadcast that we're doing because if you are listening now, I think you are appointed <laughs> because of the fact that you're listening uh, to be given a very special book that one of our listeners is generously offering. And we'll explain more as we go through this interview, but I just want to let you know right now, we're going to uh, be giving out uh, my email address and our guest wants to send 50 of the listeners right now a book that is called The Grandeurs of St. Michael the Archangel. It was written back in 1869 by a gentleman by the name of Father Nicola Ricci. And um, during the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to explain all about this and what it's about and why you just might like to get one of these sent to you. Uh, my guest is Linda Wimmer. Uh, she and her family worship at Modern Day Parish in Dallas and also St. Peter's Parish in Lindsay, uh, kind of split time between those two parishes. And she emailed me recently and said that she wanted... Uh, to spread the devotion of St. Michael and also get this book into as many people's hands as possible. So, Linda, thanks for joining us and uh, appreciate your generosity. I'm looking forward to hearing about the book. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it your time that you oh. can spend with this. Yeah, you know, you sent me an email and I, I started reading it and <laughs> I was like, wow, there's a lot here. Padre Pio and chaplets yeah. and St. Michael. And so let me just, first of all, start off and just tell me um, about the book itself and what you know about it uh, called The Grandeurs of St. Michael the Archangel. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, yeah, that's what it's called, The Grandeurs of St. Michael the Archangel. And as you had said, um, it began back in the 1869, so it's an old book, but it's kind of creeped back into our faith again. Uh, back in 1948, they reprinted it uh, with the imprimatur, which means the church, you know, church uh, approves this book. And then again in 1958, they did it so as well. And that's where Padre Pio, St. Padre Pio comes into effect because he's the one that actually used this book. And uh, he told all of his spiritual daughters, and one of his spiritual daughters asked him again, because the book was kind of going out of print again, and asked, do you think, Padre Pio, should I reprint this book? And he said, yes. So he highly encouraged this book. It's a treasury. It's a treasury of prayers. There's so many books on St. Mike, Michael, uh, but this one in particular is really important during these particular times, from August 15th to... September 29th, which is the Feast of St. Michael. It's also the Feast of St. Gabriel and also St. Raphael. Um, but uh, in, the, in the older days, we actually, the Feast of St. Michael was considered a holy day mm. on September 29th. And so basically this book um, that Padre Pio is also called the, the Lent of, of um the Lent of St. Michael. Yeah. So when you're doing the book, you're actually doing the Lent of St. Michael, and it, it, that was originated from St. Francis of Assisi when he did the Lent, the fasting of St. Michael on these particular days, from the 15th of August to the September 29th. But the book in itself is a, uh, they used to have the 40 meditations, the short meditations, but they decreased them down to 31 meditations, and then following that is the nine uh, days of prayer, which we call a novena, prior to the feast day. 
And then not only that, the book also has prayers in back that has the litany of St. Michael, the consecration of St. Michael, a treasure, beautiful treasure of prayers. And then after you finish this, you can also read up on the apparitions in the very back of the book. There's apparitions of St. Michael approved by the church in different areas like Spain, France, Italy, and so forth. And so, you know, the reason why, you probably wonder the reason why the history, why I'm getting so involved in this book. Yeah, but, that was uh, my next question, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, so I begin the devotion. I've always had a devotion to St. Michael, but not so much until about two years ago. I had a, a daughter that got killed in a car accident uh, with a drunk driver, and she was returning home from Mass. And, uh, well, prior to that, though, I was doing a 30-day novena to St. Michael. Now, it wasn't this book, but it was another book called St. Michael and the Angels. And then nine days prior to the um, his feast day, then I did the chaplet of St. Michael. And that was September the 29th. I finished it. And then September the 30th, my daughter died. Mm. But and everybody's wondering, well, he must have not protected her. And that's not true at all. It's... Um, it's that way I felt that, that he interceded for her at her death because we believe, and the church believes, and even the fathers of the church believe, that St. Michael comes to our assistance at our death. And he actually takes our soul and presents it to God. Those, mm. that's, that's in tradition and uh, also in the fathers of the church writings. But anyhow, um, so then um, after that we got enrolled in the, in the scapular of St. Michael after her death. And then from there, a year later, someone sent me the book of the grandeurs of St. Michael the Archangel. And I have to say this uh, really helped me through my difficult times. And also, you know, wondering, you know, why did God do this to me? You know, why did, why did, why did he lose, why did I have to lose my daughter? But then I understand that, that um, even though St. Michael will protect us sometimes, um, we believe in the church that we have to have suffering to, to get, you know, to gain, to gain graces and to, gra- to gain holiness. So sometimes it's not our will, but it's God's will. And so basically this, this book, to me, uh, helped me out a yeah. lot. And I know we all have a lot of crises, everyone does, a lot of spiritual worries. And everything, but this book in particular will help us, and will protect. He will protect our families. He will help us with our um, the holiness in our families, and our children, and, and all those things. Yeah, beautiful. And I know you and I have talked before about about your daughter, and we're so sorry that that's such a tragic loss. But uh, I had not, mm-hmm. I was not familiar with that tradition of Saint Michael uh, coming at the time of our death. Um, you know, the the other mm-hmm. thing is, I, I know you're familiar with um, uh, Pope Leo the Thirteenth and writing yes. the Saint Michael the Archangel prayer. And uh, yes. you know, he lived, uh, you know, right at the end of the nineteenth century. He's one of my favorite. He mm-hmm. may, may, may be my favorite pope of 
all time. Um, but oh, I you know, and I also know a, a, a friend of mine who is actively trying to get the St. Michael the Archangel statue at the White House, and she's actually making some headway. Really? So if you could talk about just in general, St. Michael the Archangel, especially during these times, I mean, 2020 is a crazy year, and it seems like the, the demons have been unleashed in so many ways. And, um, you know, from a personal standpoint, like the situation with your daughter and our family and our children, our spouses, but also just culture at large really needs some angelic assistance these days, doesn't it? Almost, most definitely. And we know that St. Michael was the, the chief of the heavenly host. He was the highest of all the angels. Um, and he, God gave him the most power. We know, you know, back, you know, the story with um, the uh, him casting the the devils and casting them to hell and things like that. But but in our times, um, he does give us really spiritual protection um, in so many ways. Um, we just have spirit, you know, spiritual and physical protections from different things. Um, whether it be uh, a spiritual attack that is happening to us right now in the family. And then, you know, you hear family always saying, oh, you know, pray for my daughter or I'm having such trouble in my family. Okay, what do I say to him? Pray to St. Michael. Mm -hmm. And I always tell him to pray the chaplet, the chaplet of St. Michael, because it is powerful and it's helped me throughout my time as well. But um, he he fights the demons in in our lives, and he that's his that was that's his main that's his main mission is to fight fight off evil and 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 we know nowadays there is so much evil yeah there's so much evil in the world with the riots going on and even you know the the battle and things uh, in our families and things like that so I mean we go to many saints. And we, of course, love the sacrament, and we love the treasure of the church. But I think a lot of people don't realize that St. Michael, during our times that we live now, he's asking, he's asking more so for, uh, that we ask him for his assistance. And, um, you know, even we don't never know when the end times will be. And so we should always prepare for them. And they say in the Bible, you know, in the apocalypse, that, in Daniel, that St. Michael will come in the end times and he will protect his people and his faithful. We never know when the end times will be. We have to be prepared for it, no matter what. Yeah. Um, sometimes we think nowadays, oh, what's happening? You know, we've never seen all this before, even with the, the pandemic, the COVID and things like that. But, you know, even with the St. Michael relic, I haven't really talked about that. It's another big story, but that, that's a great protection, too. Uh, to help us in our times, I got to ask you, uh, I got to ask you about the relics because I'm thinking, how can an angel have a relic? Because an angel doesn't have a body. But I know there's, <laughs> I know there's a story behind it. But let me just tell everybody that my guest is Linda Wimmer. She's uh, uh, from Modern Day Parish and also St. Peter's in Lindsay. And uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, she has generously offered uh, 50 of our listeners uh, this wonderful book that we've been talking about called The, the Grandeurs of St. Michael the Archangel, uh, written by Father Nicola Ricci. And um, 
I, I, the way we've arranged it is you email me and then I will communicate with Linda and let her know that you're a winner. And you can either come by our studio in Las Colinas and pick it up or she can send it to you directly. Uh, my email is davepalmer at grnonline.com. So be one of the first 50. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, don't go, you know, trip over yourself running to your computer. I, I think, you know, if you, if you email today, you'll probably be okay um, and listen to the rest of the interview. But just write that down and email me as soon as you can, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. And uh, Linda will generously send you one of these books, The Grandeurs of St. Michael the Archangel. Now, uh, Linda, I'm, you know, I'm a son of a CPA and I'm doing this math. And you said that, you know, start on August 15th, which of course is the assumption. And here we are on August 22nd, uh-huh. a week later. And I'm thinking, okay, we can't uh-huh. start on August 15th this year. Uh, obviously, you know, God understands and, you know, people may not receive this book for another week or so. But what do you recommend? They, if they still want to zero in on the September 29th, they just kind of pick up you know, where they can or just do what they can, what would you yes. recommend? Yes, I, I always recommend better late than never. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's always a reason why in God's providence, why he does things the way he does. We don't understand sometimes and we don't need to question it. But you can you can do this book anytime. When you get the book, start it. Or, you know, if you feel like I want to start it between here and here because I want it to end maybe on October the 7th, you know, another feast day, and, you know, you can you can do it how you want. I mean, uh, in tradition, it was always done the 15th through the 29th. But you could even start on the 29th, you know, yeah. of September if you want it, and go through there. It's however you want to do it. Uh, and then maybe next year you could start it, and then on the 15th and do it, you know. But you can start it anytime you want, um, you know, because it's such a powerful book. I'm sure St. Michael wouldn't mind the dates. <laughs> as long as you he honor him. <laughs> he won't hold it against us. Uh, so, okay, so tell us about so. tell us about the relics. Uh, I remember one time you had sent me uh, kindly yeah. um, some relics of um, St. Michael, but tell, tell us about that and how people may uh, get a hold of them. Okay, the reason how I got a hold of them, the relic of St. Michael is uh, from Gargano, Italy, which is uh, close to where St. Peter's Rio Shrine was. And in fact, when he went, when he would, people would go to confession with him and ask him, oh, please do this, please pray for this. He he would send them to the St. Michael's Cave, which is in Gargano, Italy. And that's where the relic rocks are. And there's a, it's a really long story in itself, but uh, there was uh, St. Michael, actually, this is the, the, the the shrine or the cave that has only been consecrated by St. Michael because he appeared to a bishop, and he said, um, most of the time, bishops consecrate, well, most of the time, all the time, bishops consecrate churches and things like that, but he in particular wanted this cave to be consecrated by himself only. And so then in the, I don't really know what year it was, but there was a pandemic that happened, and a lot of people were dying. And um, so St. Michael had again appeared to someone and told them that, uh, if you obtain a rock, a rock from Saint, from the cave, you will pre- be protected from this pandemic. And they would all go, this was like centuries ago. And so they would all go to the cave and get it. And the pandemic actually stopped and they didn't, they didn't get the, 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 uh, bad pandemic. And so nowadays, uh, this is all church approved too. It's not, you know, anything that, oh, what's going on here? Um, 
if you travel, which my, actually my sister went about a month after, after my daughter died and she brought me a relic of St. Michael. Hmm. And so from there I had a, her friend go uh, last year and brought some more back. And that's where I gave you one, Dave, uh, the stuff I needed to give you one. So, but, but, um, I wear it a lot. I can, you know, put it on my brown scapular and put it by my, my statue that I have in my home. I've got a big statue of St. Michael. And um, so it, it, the story previously goes back. Why did everybody go to this cave and up this hill and this desolate place? And um, it had to do with a man that was looking for his bulls. This bull was stubborn. And he went way up high into this cave. And so to startle him, he shot an arrow towards the cave, up in the cave. And the arrow went right back towards him. And so then, you know, eventually he went to the bishop. And then St. Michael told him that oh, this cave is, is, is holy. And this cave is my cave, basically, in so many words. And... Um, I want people to come. I want to build a shrine here and people to come and uh, I will give them blessings and protection and things like that. Eventually I want to go. I haven't been. Everyone else has, but not me. But um, so the relic rocks, you can actually get them. Um, if you order them directly to, I mean, you know, from Gargano, Italy, it's going to cost you 50 bucks. But if you go there, they're only $5. It's just the shipping and all that. Yeah, yeah. But, of course, of course, but, it's hard uh, to travel anywhere these days. It might be better to order them. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, true. Linda, let but me let me um, let me cut you off if I may, right? Because we're down we're down to about two or three minutes, and I want to make sure that okay. we really stress. Uh, in these final minutes, the the offer that you're making to those who are listening today, that you've got 50 of these books that you want to put in their hands. And again, my email address, if you'll email me and just say, hey, I want one of those St. Michael books, or just put that in the subject line. Uh, and then let me know if you want to come to our studio and pick it up or give me your address. And then I'll make sure Linda gets a full list and she'll mail them off. Um, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com is my email address. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. And Linda, if you could just, um, in our closing minutes, uh, reiterate, what is this book, The Grandeurs of St. Michael the Archangel? And uh, I know it's, a, it's, it's Meditations and a Novena. Can you describe it one more time for those who are just tuning in? Yes, I can. Uh, so like the first day, is short meditations, too. So it's not like something really long and yeah. drawn out. So it's uh, 31. You start with day one and go to 31. And it's, it just talks about different things about, and then uh, a St. Part of a, St. Michael, and then afterwards it has a prayer and a salutation and a, and a practice. For instance, like one day it'll say, say the act of condition five times uh, and ask for forgiveness. You know, it's just like little things, but, and then after the 31 days, then you have the, the, the novena to St. Michael, and that goes and that will end right on this Tuesday, September the 29th. And is it true that uh, St. Padre Pio received his stigmata nine days 
before did. Uh, the Feast of St. Michael. Uh, no coincidence, right? <laughs> no, that's just what I was going to say. And, and that's what St. Padre Peel said. He said, there's no coincidence. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I thank, I, I thank you so much. And I know there's a whole lot more that we could say mm-hmm. about it, but time uh, is unforgiving and we have just about run out of time. But I do want to mm-hmm. thank you, Linda, for your generosity. And again, the book is called The Grandeurs of St. Michael the Archangel and whether it's uh, protection within your family or your your children or for a happy death or just our, our culture at large and all the craziness that's going on in 2020 i think we all need to uh get a hold of this book in fact I, I, there's only there's only going to be uh 49 left because i want one myself okay <laughs> so we only got 49 uh but uh, and diane our our board op wants one okay now there's 48 okay so okay. They're, they're going you fast better hurry up and get, yeah get in there. <laughs> uh so anyways yeah, I, i'm most- Yes, I'm going to honor St. Michael, and uh, you know, and I, I didn't know any way to do it this year, and I just really felt strongly that that's the way to do it, right? Yeah, it certainly <laughs> is. All right, so email me. I know today I'll be going about on and uh, out and about, and all of a sudden my phone's just going to blow up, so to speak, with all these emails coming in. And uh, <laughs> please, please email me because obviously Linda wants to put these in your hands. That she feels a great calling to this. Uh, the grandeurs of St. Michael the Archangel. Email me, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com and just uh, say I want one of those St. Michael books and uh, we'll be sure to send one off to you. And uh, Linda, thanks so much. Great speaking with you and I'll be sure to communicate and let you know who these 50 lucky winners are, okay? Okay, thank you so much for having me, Dave. Yeah, thank you very much. And thanks to Diane Xavier, one of the 50 recipients of this book, along with me. And uh, make sure you email me, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. And I hope you have a great Saturday and a great uh, Lord's Day tomorrow. And uh, thank you for listening. This has been the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. God bless you. The Troops of St. George is a fraternal Catholic apostolate for fathers and sons. The Troops of St. George uses the outdoors as the canvas and the sacraments as the path for the formation of holy Catholic men and boys. Troop 77 of Collin County is kicking off the school year with an event on the evening of Monday, August 31st. For more information about this event and the magnanimous 77th, check them out at tsg77.org. That's tsg77.org. Hello, this is Larry Lenzen. David Walker and I represent Catholic Life Insurance in the North Texas area and are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio and KATH 910 AM. We'd like the opportunity to explain the different insurance and retirement products offered by Catholic Life Insurance. If you have questions about your life insurance or retirement savings, we can be reached at our Catholic Life office by calling 972-484-3000. That's 972-484-3000. Thank you. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on this Saturday afternoon. I hope you're having a beautiful weekend. And my name is Dave Palmer, host of this program where we talk about a a whole lot of different uh, topics. And I'm excited about this one because this one, this interview is going to kind of break the mold a little bit of what we typically talk about. But I think it's an important topic for reasons I'll explain in just a moment. I do want to thank Diane Xavier, our producer and board op for this program, and also Kevin Wandra and all the good folks at Carmel Communications that are always 
uh, giving me suggestions about movies to talk about. And so my guest for the next 20 minutes is Pete Shellamon. He is the producer of a movie that actually came out uh, yesterday, Friday the 21st, and it's called Words on Bathroom Walls. And uh, I'm going to recommend this movie with a couple of caveats. Um, so there's some language uh, that might be offensive to some people. Uh, it's a very kind of gritty movie about a, a high school kid, so I think it's very realistic, but just be aware of that. Um, uh, but beyond that, I, I think it's an important movie for all of us to see. Uh, Pete is the producer of this movie, and he also has been the producer of uh, th- at least three other movies that you'll be very familiar with. Uh, the Risen movie, uh, also Forever My Girl, and also I Can Only Imagine. And I interviewed Pete uh, for at least two out of the three of those movies. So, Pete, great to have you with us, and thank you for taking some time with me today. An absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so let me, let me uh, the, the caveats, like I said, that I want to get out of the way, because I never want to direct somebody to a movie and then come back and say, wait a second, did you not you know there was some language in this movie? And and there is some, I, I think, under the circumstances, a high school kid, especially what he's going through, you might expect there might be a, a, a few words that, um, uh, uh, salty words. But beyond that, and so everybody's been warned, it, it also is a thematic story that's unfortunately true to life for a lot of people. So can you, uh, I'm just going to give the the one sentence or two sentence description of the movie and then let you uh, fill in the sure. blanks about what it's about and why you, why you signed in up and why this movie is important for you personally. Uh, it's a, it tells a story of a young man named Adam, a high school kid diagnosed with a, a mental illness of schizophrenia halfway through a senior year of high school uh, he's a witty, introspective teenager, and he struggles to keep it a secret while falling in love with a brilliant classmate who inspires him to open his heart and not be defined by his condition. Uh, my wife and I saw this, um, as I told Pete before we started, and a lot of people know we have a special needs autistic son who's seven years old, and so seeing life through the perspective of a of a young man with a mental illness was uh, very eye-opening for us. And so, Pete, why don't you tell us more about the movie and why this was important for you to be involved in? Well, I mean, I think I definitely respond to movies that have an incredible message behind them. I've done, you know, not all films. You know, we, we do a plethora of, of uh, films. But, you know, I definitely respond to films that um, have a message. And I think the message for me in this movie and others that you had mentioned is compassion uh, and acceptance. I think it's a very important theme for, uh, for me when I look at, uh, scripts and when I greenlight movies. Uh, this one was very special in that I never really went into it thinking that this was going to be a huge faith-based film. Um, it toys, it, 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 just because it has, I mean, it definitely has, uh, what I love most about the film is that we're dealing with a, a person who has a mental illness and it is absolutely catastrophic to what happens in his, to his life and what happens in his head. And uh, we took some liberties along the way, but nothing that extreme. I really wanted to make this film because I think there are so many children out there, so many adults and kids, but mostly kids that are entering high school or are in high school that have mental illnesses and how we treat them. Uh, I've seen it firsthand. I've interviewed people that were the bullies and I've interviewed people that had schizophrenia or another mental illness, including, uh, you know, uh, uh, PTSD, you name it. We've gone through 
uh, hand, uh, so many people and talk to them about their experiences. And I think it's a subject matter that is very hard for people to understand. And I think by making this movie, I just hope that people realize and understand that those people that are in those high school halls that never talk or are scared to talk or are just always constantly maybe weird to you, they probably have a lot that is going on inside their heads and their bodies. And I think if we were just to be a little more compassionate and talk to, talk to them and see what is happening and, and, and be kind and open ourselves up so that they can open up, I think it would go a long way because so many of those people are in such dark, dark spaces. And I think it's up to people to turn the light switch on and help them out. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, the movie is called Words, Words on Bathroom Walls. And uh, as you watch the movie, you understand where that comes from. Uh, the website, wordsonbathroomwallsmovie.com. Again, we're running this on Saturday. It opened up in theaters uh, and uh, on uh, on Friday, yesterday, August 21st. You can go to the website and find out more more information about it. But yes. anyways, you know, the uh, I remember the, the, the movie A Beautiful Mind that came out a number of years ago with Russell Crowe where you saw mental illness really played out and and I think this is a similar movie where it in very in a very well done way you really get to get inside the head so to speak of somebody with this mental illness and the way it's carried out I just thought it was beautifully done and I wonder how um, just, just from a theatrical from a movie standpoint y'all were able to pull that off because it really it, it was I thought it was uh, very professionally done well, I think, I think whenever you deal with a subject matter that is so heavy, how do you make the audience stay in, stay in and stay connected without giving them something from a visual perspective? Ron Howard did it brilliantly well in a beautiful mind with the gorgeous, gorgeous, you know, mathematical equations that would come up in Russell Head's Crow, and we as the audience got to see what he was feeling. In our movie, we go a little bit further in that we have hallucinations that are actually in Adam's head and we present those hallucinations in front of the audience and what Adam is feeling in those moments is what the audience is seeing. So to everyone that is in the auditorium, they're in Adam's head with him. And we have four hallucinations that happen for Adam. One being the darkness, which you don't see, but you feel Well, you see, but that is not a real human. The, uh, the hallucinations, are played by three different actors. One is his bodyguard. The other is uh, his spiritual, his love hallucination. And the other one is that teenage kid that is going through hormones and is just doesn't know what to do. You know, he's just that teenager part of him. So we played in that arena uh, in a way to make the audience understand and feel what he is feeling, what Adam, our lead character, is feeling. Yeah. And that's how we kind of... And I, I didn't realize, and I guess maybe every schizophrenic person maybe sees things differently, but that, you know, sometimes it's recurring, you know, people that kind of follow them around. And that, that was very interesting to me. Is this based on a true story or, uh, maybe a combination of a few different stories or how, well, how did, how did yeah, the, the actual plot line get come together? It, it got together by, uh, Julie who wrote the book, uh, her, her experiences through, um, uh, through, through uh, her experiences, she came uh, to Thor, Thor, our director, and our writer, Nick Nevada, and they actually brought the book to us, and they 
took their twist on it and basically worked on um, uh, with us, our, our team at LD, to put this uh, this movie in front. So there's a lot of there's a, we took some liberties in the script, but we really stuck as closely as we could to the book, and uh, uh, and, and that's how we really uh, made the movie. It was a uh, it was an incredible effort between the book writer, the script writer, the director, and the producers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't read the book, and uh, I'm curious, you know, you said it's not necessarily overtly a faith-based movie, but he does end up leaving one school, getting bullied and leaving, and then he ends up at a, at a Catholic school, and there is, uh, I, I think, a, a really nice portrayal of, of the, the head master who is a nun and also a priest who um, the young man is able to actually go to confession, and so you see some of the sacramental life of the Catholic Church in it, and so uh, yeah. did that come directly from the book or or uh why why the, yes, the catholic it, it, element it, yeah it, well i mean it definitely it definitely came it definitely came from the book but the reason why i think the catholic element um just because i say that it wasn't we didn't go out to make a movie uh that that dealt with uh you know the um from a, from a from a catholic point of view i think it just it happened so organically if i'm being brutally honest i mean we knew that we needed to get a great priest and a wonderful nun to, to play those characters, but they took a life on their own. I mean, Andy Garcia playing the priest, never in a million years did I expect that Andy Garcia was going to play a priest. And the way he played it in this film was so exquisite and so cool. It made me think of me wanting a priest that was like Andy Garcia when I was, up <laughs> and yeah. you know, so for me, um, we went in making this movie to shed light on schizophrenia, but the beauty, uh, what happened was that the, um, you know, when they kick Adam out of all the schools, the only school that will accept him is this Catholic school. Yeah. And through the, because Adam, the character Adam is not, we don't really go into uh, his beliefs, his religion or anything. He's just so does not want to go to the Catholic school. But when he gets there, he finds the most beautiful, beautiful friendship and his way out of the darkness through Andy Garcia. Cause the two people that really helped Adam, our character out is the priest and the girl Maya, who's played by Taylor Russell. And through those two relationships, he realizes he can, he could, he could survive. He could, he could, he could try to, he could try to be in this world and be, in present time, and if it means taking medication and going to, you know, a uh, cooking school, then that's what he's going to do. But I think it just really, honestly, it, it happened when Andy Garcia walked on set and he wore that priest. I mean, he came into that confessional booth. I know you've seen the movie. Yeah. I, and all of us behind Video Village, which is where the producer and director are, we just sat there and our mouths were dropped because, you know, Andy Garcia just elevated that role and we never expected it to uh, uh, to take on the kind of life that it took on. So it did become very, very uh, beautiful in 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 the faith element because you know you have the most unlikely person guiding this beautiful kid out of this crazy darkness that he's in. Yeah. Uh, because the therapist doesn't really do uh, the therapist helps him out a little bit, and all the drugs that he's on, all the medication that is on, doesn't always help. But he finds help in Andy Garcia and Taylor Russell. Yeah, the so movie, I think it was, yeah, you know, 
Yeah, Words on Bathroom Walls is the name of the movie. The producer, Pete Shellaman, is uh, joining us. Uh, just go to wordsonbathroomwallsmovie.com. It opened uh, as of uh, this airing. It was la- it was yesterday, last night, uh, August 21st, and in theaters. And, I, uh, and I'm, I'm sure I want to ask you in a second about releasing a movie <laughs> this, uh, during 2020 and how challenging that is. But before that, I want to ask you about some of the other subplots in the movie. One of the things I I liked about it is that it wasn't just about schizophrenia. It wasn't just a love story with the girl, with his girlfriend, which I thought was beautiful. She had her own issues that she had to deal with, but it also sure. had to do with, you know, abandonment of his birth father, the dynamic of his, with his mom and with her boyfriend and the, the tensions inside the house. And, and so there really were a, a lot of layers to the onion, aren't there? I, I, I agree. I, I agree. And I think that's why the movie will play so well. I think every, everybody has experienced some form of um, what Adam was going through or what even Taylor is going through. I mean, her character is basically taking care of his, her dad because her dad isn't feeling 100%. They're, you know, poverty-level family, and she's, you know, a grade-A student but works a full-time job and needs this for her family. So that is a beautiful theme. Um, you know, having a, having a uh, coming in for, uh, you know, ha- him not having his dad and, and getting a stepdad, there was a lot of struggle for Adam and our character, Walt, uh, his dad, who's played by Walt. And, you know, they also have a huge struggle in between them uh, in the movie. But there's so many, there's so many things running through this movie from bullying to abandonment to, uh, you know, to, uh, to, to, to Catholicism. Um, I just think it was just, uh, I think we hit almost everything to be honest with mm-hmm. you yeah uh, you know the, the, i think the relationships in this movie were so dynamic even the hallucinations the hallucinations that were not real for us as uh for, for for the others in you know for taylor and all the actors that were on there uh they were real for us and even the hallucinations played such a big part in telling the story but yeah, you're right, and there, there it, it is. And again, I it, the the fact that I because I watched it uh, several weeks ago, and I still remember it so distinctly, and uh, as if it was last night. And I think that's a sign of a good movie because you remember the plot yeah. line and, and the the different uh, elements of it. Uh, I, I do want to ask you about the release of the movie and uh, the challenges because you've been sure. you've been in the movie business for so long, you've had so many so yeah. much success in it. Uh, releasing a movie in 2020, <laughs> how how how, how did did you have to kind of change the strategy for a movie like this coming out under these circumstances? I mean, I think doing anything in 2020 has been an absolute nightmare. I finished a movie in France just as the pandemic was hitting. So I made it just in time, but I think, I think um, the theater chains that we're in AMC Regal and Cinemark and all the other little mom and pop theaters all have such a huge safety protocol uh, there is no 100% capacity. I think they rule out after 30% filled in the theater. I think they they stop selling tickets. Um, you know, there's definitely social distancing with seats in the movie theaters. It was very tough to it was very tough to come to the conclusion that we need we needed to release um, the movie. But I do feel in my heart and in my gut that people need to go see film. People need to go and get inspired and to fall in love with movies and just doing it in a responsible manner, I think will really help people get out of their heads a little bit with what is going on in this world for all of us. 
And, um, and I think it was really, it, it, because we took so many safety precautions and the movie theaters were so incredible in handling, I mean, we were supposed to go three weeks ago and four weeks ago, but we continued to push because we didn't feel like we were ready and the movie theaters were, had a great protocol with safety. And now they have, and I think um, we have three new movies that are coming out this, uh, on, uh, that came out yesterday on Friday ours being one of them. Um, and, you know, only time will tell, my friend. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I, I, I hope and I pray that we can find um, our space again and, and all of us can go back to the, to, to the movies and get back to restaurants and getting back to our lives. But we employ so many people in, at the AMCs and the cinemas. I mean, there's so many people that depend on movies to be at movie theaters. And I just think people want to be out there. People want to get back in. I think the streaming world is great and I love it. And I'm a huge fan, but I also think theatrical releases are amazing. Yeah. You know, you know, you just, you know, the, you, you know, you, you have a theater experience. It's not like having an experience at home. You just experience something different. You're, you know, you're, you're, it's just, it's just a different experience, you know, but, um, you know, let's, Let's uh, let's see, and um, and and you know, I, I hope that people uh, are very responsible and they get to the theater, watch a movie, and I hope they go back next week and watch another movie and support the industry, not just from the creative's point of view, but just the the, the, the thousands of employees that depend on people to go into the movie theaters and watch movies because that's. It's um, it's an incredible, incredible energy that happens when directors and producers and creatives put something for the masses to watch, and then those masses coming in and supporting it and hopefully loving it. I mean, it's it's such a it's such a beautiful symbiotic relationship. Yeah, so, certainly. Uh, and I you know, yeah, and I want to thank you personally for for making this movie. And like I said at the beginning, it's. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a different kind of movie than we typically promote in Catholic radio, but I think it's an important movie. And I, I thank you because, uh, as the, the father of a special needs son, I often just wish people would be able to, to, to live in his world. I wish I could live in his world for a day yeah. and just understand what he sees. And I think that we, it's, it, it really creates a lot more sympathy for people who are, are, are really struggling you know, through life. And I think that's the message that comes out in this movie. And, uh, we are about out of time, Pete. But I, I, I want to ask you, and I probably should have asked you this question first rather than last, but uh, well, what, what exactly does a, a producer of a movie do? What, what, what was your role exactly? I, I, always tell people, uh, I always tell people when they ask that question, you know, the Oscar is given to the producer for best picture. And it really, a producer, uh, depending on, you know, whether you're an executive producer or a producer or co-producer, uh, the main producer pretty much is in the very beginning stages of developing the project and being on set for the project and working on the marketing of the project and finishing the project with the color and sound and edit and all of that. So it's all encompassing from beginning to end. And then, then there, there's, there are producers that are there for one part of it or the financing part of it. But uh, the producer that I was on this film in particular was really from beginning to end, from mm -hmm. development to the very, very end. But it's across the board, but I definitely, um, this was a very special movie for me. And 
You said it earlier, you know, if we can just show a little bit of empathy and compassion for children like yours and, and kids like Adam, we would be doing an incredible, incredible, uh, wonderful thing. And I think your, your, I think your child, David, he's got an incredible mom and dad in you. So, um, that's pretty awesome. It's pretty yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate again, your time, Pete Chelamon, producer of words on bathroom walls. And as I said, if you want to find out why that's the title of the movie, well, you just got to go watch it. We're not going to tell you, <laughs> <laughs> but it is a significant part of it. And I, I do thank you. It came out, came out and it's in theaters now as of, uh, the, 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 this, the, the running of this interview. So check out that website, words on bathroom walls, movie.com and get out to the theater. I'm, totally in, in agreement with you, Pete, that people need to get out there and uh, uh, to take prudent you know, precautions as necessary, but get out there and see this on the big screen because I think you're going to enjoy it. Pete, uh, always yeah. great to talk to you and I look forward to speaking to you when your next big movie comes out. Uh, on the next one. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks also to Diane and for you listening. Uh, this has been the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at this same time for another KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. Solidarity Health Shares rebuilding Catholic health care in America. We conform to the moral guidelines of the Catholic Church so that you never have to worry about your health care dollars paying for anything that violates your conscience. From conception to natural death, we strive to serve all health care needs, protect human life, celebrate families, and promote the dignity of all people. Join Solidarity Health Share in restoring and rebuilding authentic Catholic health care by signing up at SolidarityHealthShare.org, a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Rachel Ministries is a compassionate, faith-based abortion recovery ministry and a safe place to find emotional and spiritual healing after an abortion experience. The Diocese of Fort Worth Rachel's Ministry invites all those affected by an abortion to a weekend retreat from Friday, September 11th through Sunday, September 13th. Let us help you experience the great gift of God's divine mercy. To register and for more information, contact Betsy at 817-923-4757 or email forgiven at racheltx.org. Hi, this is Dave Palmer. I'm happy to introduce you to a new sponsor of 910 AM. It is Catholic Life Insurance and their two local representatives, Larry Lenzen from Mary Immaculate Parish and David Walker from St. Monica Parish. Larry and David can speak with you about life insurance options as well as long-term retirement planning and annuities. And they both are committed to supporting the mission of Catholic Radio in North Texas. They can be reached by calling 972-484-3000. That's 972-484-3000. The Catholic Foundation invites professional Texas artists over the age of 18 to compete in the Art of the Plaza competition. Artists will submit an original work of art that is respectful in its nature because it will be located in the plaza of the Cathedral Guadalupe, but does not need to contain a religious theme. The winner will receive $2,500 and an opportunity to display their art on a 28 by 9 foot wall in downtown Dallas. Submissions are due September 18th, and you can learn more by visiting catholicfoundation.com.
Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas. Heard also on grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 